welcome back to Range Anxiety for a Sunday session today. Coming at you live out of the uh, Model 3 SR Plus lovely cabin. Started to get a bit wintry here in Adelaide as we move into our little winter session that we have. Like it doesn't get bad like it does in some countries. You know, uh, Adelaide stays in a pretty mild range. We don't get snow or sleet or maybe a little bit of hail. But it's starting to get cold. So today I've got the heater cranked up a little bit. And thank you very much to one of my uh, favourite recording artists from the era, Debbie Harriet Blondie with Atomic, our intro track today. Lovely track, if you're old enough to remember it. And yet we're old here at Range Anxiety. Um, but it does tie in quite well with what we're going to talk about today. I, surprisingly enough, some organisations, individuals, and various other members of the public take me seriously enough to do a bit of research on certain subjects for them and something I hadn't looked at closely I mean I knew a bit about it um, was the advent of hydrogen or hydrogen powered vehicles and how it's going to fit in uh, with our day-to-day -day driving you know in Australia people people that don't know better that you know get on various Facebook and, and Twitter feeds will sit there and rabbit on like, oh, your electric cars have nothing, you know, wait till hydrogen, hydrogen's the answer to everything. And on paper, from a distance, it actually looks the goods. Um, but when you get up close and really dig into it, it would have to be the most stupid idea building hydrogen-powered vehicles that I've ever come across. That's right not a big fan of hydrogen-powered vehicles. Mm. Now, there is nothing new about hydrogen-powered vehicles. I reckon Arnie was driving around in a, a hydrogen-powered Hummer back in the 90s, uh, the very early 90s from what I could see. Everyone's had a go at it. There was, I think, even a hydrogen-fueled RX-8. There was all sorts of, you know, every manufacturer's had a bit of a go at, at trying to make hydrogen-powered vehicles. And not one of them has stuck with it other than Toyota, but more on them a little bit later. Um, I believe hydrogen for passenger cars, and I think even heavy transport, is dead. Dead in the water. Dead as a duck. Um, the only real player in the game left, as I said, is Toyota, uh, and they have a hydrogen-powered car called the Mirai. It's essentially a Camry-sized platform, um, and it's not available here in Australia at this point in time, I do not believe. So I had a bit of a look at it, the Mirai, and what it is and what it offers and, and how far it will go on hydrogen and, and so on. Um, the first problem I had was trying to find a hydrogen filling station. They're about as common as unicorns in Australia. We basically don't have any uh, at this point in time. Um, Let's have a look at, you know, the green capital of the world when it comes to automotive transportation and culture, which would be California. So I did some research as of last week. The day I looked, there was something like 75 hydrogen filling stations up and down the coast in, in California, which is nothing, right? But when I checked on them, about 40 to 45 of those were out of order at any one time. That's right. They weren't working. Um... So, you know, there's about 30, 35 that you could ever rely on being able to get any hydrogen out of. Well, that's bloody stupid, isn't it? I mean, you know, the problem is hydrogen is really impossibly difficult to make in a gaseous form, which is what's needed for a vehicle. 
Oh, okay. It's the most common element in the world. Well, it is, but as, as a raw element, but in the gaseous form that we need, we actually have to extract it or make it. And how do we make hydrogen to power a hydrogen car? We make it with gas or electricity. But here's the catch, right? We make electricity, well, you know, we make electricity out of, out of coal and gas and other things as well, and uranium, um, and wind, and sun. But the problem with hydrogen gas, or making it, is you've got to put more energy into making it than you actually end up with as an output product. So the efficiency is extremely low, and the process is very costly, the infrastructure's not really there to do it. I mean, there is electricity everywhere, obviously, because we all live on it. You know, it all comes to our houses and yada, yada, yada. Um, so it's impossibly hard to make. Then it's really, really difficult to transport. And as you start to transport it, then you've got to store it. You've got to store it under massive pressure, right? <laughs> Which adds and adds and adds to the cost and lost loss. Uh, losses of efficiency throughout the whole process of the hydrogen. So, okay, let's just say you go to a hydrogen filling station with your Toyota Mirai. Now, this thing is no ball of fire. This thing does 0 to 100 kilometres an hour in about nine and a half seconds. Like, it's slow. It's dead slow. The reasons for that will become clear shortly. Um, and then if you look at the current pricing, it will cost you about $100 to go... 400 kilometres. Right. It's bloody expensive. In fact, working it out just roughly, it's no better than a petrol car running at 20 litres per hundred. So it's equivalent in terms of running cost to your conventional V8, like a some six litre, smelly, big, dirty V8 with about half the bloody speed. So it doesn't make sense, does it? No. All right, then. Maybe they're cheap. No. It's about three times the price of the Camry, petrol version or hybrid, which also costs a lot, lot, lot less to run. So why the hell are people rabbiting on about hydrogen being the fuel of the future? Well, that's because they don't know what they're talking about. And that's right. I'm being a little bit critical today. If you actually look at it, it makes no sense at all to power any vehicle with hydrogen. About the only good uses for it is uh, some big companies like Apple um, and I believe Google have hydrogen fuel cells that they um, use as backup power, uh, replacing their diesel systems for all their big servers and all the important stuff that can go down during a conventional, you know, rolling blackout or brownout or whatever you want to call them stateside. So during a power cut situation, some companies use stationary fuel cells, but they make no sense in cars. And I think, I think the only a logical answer would be to use them in heavy industrial transportation like trucks and things like that. That may be a, a solution, but that point is still a long, long way away, particularly when you look at trucking companies such as uh, Volvo, for example, are uh, really heavily uh, investing into fully electric trucks because it's easier to do, it makes more sense, it goes further and it's much cheaper to run. And, and 
well, when I say goes further, it, they're starting to get reasonable ranges in development vehicles. But, you know, that's always going to be the crux. More on the, the, the semis later is, is the electric range issue and, of course, the range anxiety that comes with it. Let's go back, though. My opinion is my opinion, and a lot of people are saying, you know, you're going to be on the end of this podcast going, Don, you don't know what you're talking about. Well, do I or don't I? Um, it would seem some of the biggest names in the world tend to agree with me. Let's have a look at, uh, you know, like a company that's made a few cars in their time, such as uh, Mercedes-Benz. Yes, Mercedes-Benz. Big company, make plenty of good stuff and make plenty of stuff that I tend to argue with from time to time. To time. But they had a very heavily invested hydrogen fuel cell vehicle development program. And they canned it last year. It wasn't because of COVID. They canned it because they couldn't meet the economies of scale. They couldn't, that the cars were simply going to be too expensive to build and then be built with zero infrastructure around them. So Mercedes just dropped the ball there. I do believe BMW have gone the same way, but don't quote me on that. The whole hype of hydrogen is starting to die down because it's a horribly inefficient way to power anything. So the Mirai would be the, I think there's a, there was the, the, was it the Honda Clarity before that? Um, the Mirai would be the last one standing. And I think Kia or Hyundai did a hydrogen cell car as well that was, they were dabbling around with a couple of years ago. They've all kind of died away, save for the Mirai. So why would a car company with the clout of Toyota still be investing in this technology? Well, obviously they believe in it. I mean, they were the same people or the same company that was tricked by some early Californian legislation that, you know, uh, pushed the hybrid barrow for so long. So they jumped all in on hybrids back in the day with the Prius. Um, and they're doing the same thing with hydrogen, except there is a big except here, except the Prius made a lot of sense. People didn't buy the Toyota Prius because it was green, it was clean, it was all of this. They bought it because it was a, a bloody good little cheap car that happened to get reasonable economy, didn't look too stupid, and was well-priced. Now, that's something the Mirai doesn't have any of. It's in the US, from, from what I can, you know, compare pricing, it's the same cost as, uh, say, a Tesla Model 3 Performance. You know, the 470 horsepower bloody battery weapon that costs like, you know, nothing essentially to run, even if you're paying at public uh, charging stations. And they, they, it's the same cost as this Toyota that's horrifically slow. You can run out of hydrogen on the side of the road because, you know, half of the pumps are, are busted and don't work. There is simply no infrastructure. And, and I was looking at some of the American reports on this and Americans are going, yeah, you know, we don't have hydrogen filling here because we're the most, you know, backward country in the world when it comes to um, clean energy and we're always the last to adopt things and, you know, even our election, you know, da 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 Guys, you've obviously never been to Australia. <laughs> when it comes to backwards, I'm surprised we've even mastered fire or invented the wheel here. Yeah, so it's just a silly, silly, silly idea. But that doesn't get to the nitty-gritty of the whole thing. How does a hydrogen-powered vehicle work? Most people will think that, you know, there's a hydrogen tank in the car, which there is, 
and that it supplies hydrogen to an internal combustion engine and away you drive on hydrogen. No, it doesn't work like that because it's got such low energy density that you don't you can't make any power. So, you know, if you convert it, if you are able to convert, say, a, a 400 horsepower engine, petrol engine, to run on hydrogen uh, using the same quantity of fuel, you'd, you'd be, with a similar range, you'd be like making 220 horsepower. Yeah, just doesn't work. And then there's a problem with the emissions. Oxides of nitrogen are through the roof. You know the same thing that VW got uh, in a little bit of trouble for with Dieselgate? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, it just doesn't make any bloody sense. And then the, the, the real beauty is, though, the um, blow-by, and any engine's got a, a bit of blow-by past the rings, um, it, when it builds up in the sump, it becomes a fantastic explosive device so don't worry about the hydrogen tank in the car. Worry about the stuff inside the motor igniting and blowing the entire front off your car and possibly killing you. So manufacturers, have, you know, everyone's gone away from that idea of trying to run an internal combustion engine on hydrogen because it's too complex, it's too gutless, it's too expensive, it doesn't work and it's bloody dangerous. So how do they work? Well, the best way of explaining it is that a current generation hydrogen-powered vehicle is actually an electric car that has a hydrogen tank on board, a thing called a fuel cell that actually converts via chemical process, converts a hydrogen into oxygen, sorry, into electricity as part of its energy transfer in the cell itself, and that's where the witchcraft is. It converts it to electricity that powers the electric motor. The byproduct of the chemical reaction is water, which can drip quite handily on the ground without killing anyone. Uh, unless you slip over and, and crack your head, of course. So that's the way it works. So if these things are electric cars without a battery, they are a little bit lighter. Yes, they are. You know, the biggest bugbear of electric cars is the weight of the cells. You know, they are bloody heavy and they're bloody expensive and still not as expensive as hydrogen setup. But yeah, these things can be a lot lighter. But the catch is this. The catch is that they don't make any bloody power because the sort of cell you would need to provide, say, Tesla power would be bigger than the car, right? So this is why they're slow. Another way of looking at it is then if they want these, a hydrogen car or anything to be quicker and have reserve power, they then need to put a big battery in the car and have the hydrogen, the fuel cell, constantly charging a battery, which can then supply under high demand. But then you've got increased weight increased expense, increased complexity, and again, it makes no sense at all. And could you imagine the servicing costs on the things? Wow, you know. So we haven't even really begun to discuss the real-world problems at hand here before we've worked out that powering a vehicle on hydrogen is a stupid idea at best. In fact, to quote, you know, Big Daddy, Elon Musk, I think he said it's uh, something like it's bloody ridiculous. Now, he's not the be all and end all, and he does have a very heavily vested interest in uh, battery electric cars. But he makes some valid points because you still need to go and fill it up somewhere with hydrogen. Right, you can't. There isn't an existing network like there is, say, with electricity to charge your car. So you know, I can leave my car plugged in at home, 
and charge off the PV array, off the solar system, free of charge, should the sun be out, which it isn't today. And so I'll look at my range, which is 80% at the moment, and I'll say, well, I don't need to charge again until the sun comes out anyway. I don't do any miles, really. You know, I might do like a couple hundred a week. So, you know, I can get away a week and a half or something like we did in Charge Challenge between charges. In that same time, you would need to top up your hydrogen tank. So you've got to go and find a service station. But these things don't plug in. You've got to go and find a, a gas station that has hydrogen facilities. Cross your fingers. Hope it bloody works. So everyone's sort of sitting on the fence. Manufacturers are pulling out. No one wants to invest in the infrastructure cost, which is, will be in the trillions of dollars to set up an adequate hydrogen fueling network. It's not really possible to make the stuff on site. It is, but at low volume. So, you know, when there's any demand, it will have to, and it's very expensive to do that way, way too and very inefficient. So if hydrogen vehicles got to any high demand, there will have to be central processing refineries and to make hydrogen gas and it, it'll be bloody costly. It's never going to be cheap because it's so incredibly complex to do. And the real sticker, kicker, whatever you want to call it here, is the process is bloody filthy. Making hydrogen, even though water comes out the cars, making the hydrogen gas is just horrifically dirty. You know, we all talk about, or we don't all talk about, people that don't know what they're talking about, talk about how dirty the battery game is, and to a degree, whenever you're cutting holes in the ground, yeah, you, you petroflogs have the same thing, you know, to dig up oil. Oil just doesn't magically appear, does it? You know, it, it writes off millions of uh, acres of ocean every year with leaks and pollution and whatever. Anyway, enough of that. But dirtier than all of it is making hydrogen gas. Yeah, so it doesn't make any sense, does it? So while there are some trinket um, investments in hydrogen being made and rolling out fueling facilities in small numbers, you'll find most of them are being backed by green energy initiatives or oil companies wanting to get uh, you know clean air credits and things like that. I'm not sure of the politics of it, but it is all political because there's no, no cars on the road that use the bloody stuff, right? Now, fast forward to South Australia where we are, there's something like 14 actual Tesla supercharger stations in the entire state, which is bigger than California. In California, there'd be, you know, a couple of thousand. So if we use that economy of scale there for a couple of thousand Tesla supercharger installs, and that's just a number, I guess, but they're everywhere. There's red dots all over the map when you look at it. And they've only got 30 working hydrogen stations We'd be even lucky to get one in South Australia. But people are saying, oh, you know, the vast distances in Australia, you need the range, you know, you need to be able to fill up quickly in three to five minutes. Yeah, you do. Uh, you know, and it helps. There's nothing worse than sitting around waiting for a battery to charge. I can tell you that. But the gap's starting to shorten, see, because if we had one in South Australia, one pump that worked, we wouldn't be able to go anywhere anyway because we wouldn't be able to make it to the next one. Our borders are that vast. You'd need to put in a chain of these things all throughout the, the you know, vast areas of our nation with so that you can range hop between them, just like we do with the supercharger network. And instead of, you know, taking 20 minutes to put another couple of hundred miles range in the vehicle, it's going to take five. Well, you know, by the time you get out and stretch your legs... 
walk around, you know, have a pit stop in the WC, get yourself a coffee and get ready to go again, your car's bloody well charged. And away you go. And you're paying a lot less for your, your battery car. Charging takes a little bit longer, but it costs a lot less to run too. And will ultimately be, I would think, more resaleable than a stupid hydrogen car. So, what's going to happen to hydrogen in the future? Well, people have been, manufacturers have been dabbling with it for 30 to 40 years now, coming out with, you know, this is the future, all these great new solutions and what have you. But no one other than Toyota has done anything concrete. And Toyota are now talking about going into partnership, or these are rumours, so sorry, Mr. Toyota, if I'm, I'm talking out of school here, partnering with Tesla, coming out with their own battery cars, using some of their technology and investing heavily in the EV sector. Apparently, they also were making rumours of this solid-state battery, which can charge fully in five minutes and da-da-da-da-da. Why would they be doing that if they believed that hydrogen was actually an option that was worth its salt? in any way at all. So yeah, it is a crazy idea. Um, it's a silly idea. It's never going to take off here. The only, you know, as I said before, the only thing that may save hydrogen is going to be to fill up uh, long distance trucks because there is still a lot of consternation out there that things like the Tesla Sammy and the and the um, Volvo and, you know, any electric truck when all the manufacturers jump on board to get any range out of them, you're going to have to have too much weight in the battery system. So it'll offset the amount of loads you can carry and therefore how much money you can make and, and then how do you charge them? And, you know, I know there's all these, you know, press shots of four superchargers at once plugged into the Tesla Semi and, you know, showing that they can do it in the time it takes to load and unload the truck and da 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 But we all know batteries are pretty shithouse things, um, or EVs in general, for towing. You know, Musk sits there and he says, we've got this nutted, we're going to fix it with our 48, 4680 new cell technology and it's going to work and it may work. But I don't think it'll ever work in Australia with our big triple road trains that are required to go thousands and thousands of miles on a weekly basis. I struggle to see how they'll get that to work. So what will happen here? Well, fuel companies are going to have to invest billions in Australia in hydrogen infrastructure, or they're just going to have to lobby the federal government and say, how about giving us a rebate because of our vast distances um, to allow us to use diesel trucks for a while, yet... Till the technology is proven electrically or not. And uh, that way, everyone in Australia doesn't have to starve to death when they can't get their food deliveries <laughs> every week. So yeah, there's going to be more to the whole thing than meets the eye. But I can tell you categorically right now that the hydrogen-powered car in this country and in any country that isn't backing it with massive government incentives is effectively dead. So there you go. That's my take on it. I bet you I'm right here. If I'm not, well, then I'm just an idiot. But if I am, I can be the new Messiah or maybe just a very naughty boy. Life of Brian quote for you uh, that are old enough to remember the movie. Um, so closing business for today. Uh, hydrogen's dead. Batteries forever. Um, I've been doing some battery design myself since this is a techie 
Epicast. I'll be doing some battery design myself and or trying to, working with a major um, cell manufacturer. And do you know how complex it is? You know, everyone just thinks it's like a big Duracell and, and you just, you're an energizer with the energizer bunny beating the drum and you just plug it in, you know, you just buy a battery and away it goes. My goodness, between the battery, the battery management system, the software and the controls, I might just have to go and have a lie down. Thanks for listening today and I hope you really enjoyed a slightly more sensible and technical Epicast.